She takes lemonade and she makes a lemon. <laughs> so uh, it's okay. So that so that does that drive you from people? I can't remember. It says Red Dot's supposed to be showing up. Here. You're good. <laughs> does it drive me yeah. away from them? Yeah. So annoyance doesn't turn you away from people? Like if they annoy you? Oh, you're so goody goody helping no, people. <laughs> you're so goody goody helping people. Okay, fair enough. Or, or frustrating. Like, well, I still love you and I respect you, but at the same time, there's something of God in their life. Uh, you know, it's just the things that line up with our morals. It's annoying. It's annoying, isn't it? You know, just, okay. Anybody else? What else annoys you about other people? Oh, come on. I thought this would be the easiest thing to ask. No, no, just go. Just be mean. Just be mean. Just do it. Say it. Come on. Now, everyone needs to realize here, when I say what annoys you about people, I'm not saying you hate them. <laughs> Everyone's scared. Well, I don't want Clayton to think I hate people. You know, I'll just, all right. Here's the thing. This is where I'm getting. If you've got another annoyance, feel free to do it. But let me get. Annoyances are a part of life. There are, I'll be the bad guy, okay? I'll do it. There are people in this world. That just them walking into the room is like fingernails across a blackboard to me. All right? I'll be the first one to admit it. And a lot of them are Christians. <laughs> I said, there are times I'd rather spend all day with a room full of sinners than I would with a room full of Christians. You know, no. I'm, I, yes, I said that. I'm, yeah, yeah, it, because they're just, I'm picturing them in my mind. I mean, I was a pastor for several years. And. I can be honest because none of my congregants are in here. A lot of them were my church people. So when I saw them pulling up in the parking lot, I would go, dear Lord, do I answer the door? You know, I just, well, go ahead. What are you going to say? What, the annoyance or my attitude? It can, and that's where, you know, you do give it to the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of people in 
my world that I'd have nothing to do with it if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit working in my life. There would be a lot of people that I deal with in this world that I'd have nothing that I would have nothing to do with if it wasn't for the power and work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Uh, remember the, the the central theme that when we started all at this, the role of Satan, kill, steal, or destroy. He is about destroying relationship, first between you and God, then between you and other people. And if People who breathe heavy annoy you. Satan's going to make sure that everyone that comes around and sits next to you at work, at a restaurant, in church, or whatever, are people who are going to be breathing heavy. Does that not seem right? One of the, one of the conditions I deal with on a regular basis, I mess up the word. Has anybody heard of phenomena? I'm messing up the word, so you didn't hear of it. It's a new condition that... Anybody get irritated by people who smack their lips when they're eating? That, that's actually a condition. That is a psychological condition. I have dealt with several clients who they have gone, they've thrown, they've had anxiety attacks when someone sits next to them. And it, 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 it it's really, it's not just, an, I mean, it is something, I had a girl who had a, she had to get away from because she would, beat the person up i mean she just it is a it's a really long word that i am not good at saying phenomena something and it is a legitimate condition to where you know if that's you satan's going to make sure everybody in your life that comes sits next to you at school or at a cafeteria or whatever i will do that next time i see him walking well, It, it, it is, but Satan, <laughs> Satan is so good because he's wanting to break connection. Remember, we're talking about connections here with other people, how it's so important for your spiritual, your mental life that we are not meant to be by ourselves. We're not meant to isolate from other people. Satan will take these annoyances that we're, I was trying to draw out of you folks, what annoys you about, because one of the things when someone annoys you, you want to what? distance push away you put your arm up in, in front of them i mean i i promise you he did it to me with my mother everything about my mother drives me nuts and so just uh it's almost a, okay i'll be once again i'm the bad guy and this i i am not proud of this folks okay this is not a bragging on me this is i'm admitting my flesh here but if i'm on the phone with my mom and she tells me I, I got to call her the next night on something and she says well call me early I'm not proud of this folks when she says call me early that means she's getting the phone call after 9 p.m. that that's my it annoys me and see how our annoyances can lead to disconnection she says call me early I, oh man I'd love you call me about seven all right and then I call her at nine and I because you know I know it annoys her <laughs> our annoyances do a reactionary annoyance to the other person to just kind of married couples 
You know what pokes the other one. Come on, be honest. You know. You know that little part on their little rib that pokes that's real weak and you poke them there and you kind of passively, aggressively do it. Am I right? You know, because I mean, she's not here. She's not going to listen to this. I know, just turning things in a different way for her on the counter just drives her nuts and things like that. <laughs> I just, now, if I'm wearing a good meal, I won't do it, but if I'm, like, I'm a little irritated. There we go. Let's just do that, you know. And just kind of do that there, you know. Just, you know. And she knows that when she's doing the laundry and doing my socks, she's a little irritated at me. She's going to mismatch a couple of them in the little ball. So then when I open it up and they're not, she knows that irritates me. We know, don't we? But if you know, why would you do it? Wouldn't that be what you what, what's the question now again? If you know what bothers your spouse, wouldn't that be what you, like, intentionally you don't do that because you know it bothers your spouse? Yes, that is the, that, that's such good, in, <laughs> the road to hell is lined with good intentions. Spirit versus flesh. The spirit says, Yes, you're mad at them and that annoys them, but you're going to take the high road. That's the spirit talking. What does the flesh say to you? It's going to irritate them. I'll make sure they're irritated because I'm irritated at them. Maybe you're better than us, Madison. Maybe. That's uh, already hard enough. Well, well, there, okay, Madison, you're at the heart of the issue there. Why do we do it then? That's what I'm asking. Because life is already hard enough. You want your spouse to be with you through life, not to become part of the problem. Yes, that's a great theory. I think there's a couple. Well, did you hear what I said? Spirit versus flesh? The spirit tells you what you should do. The flesh tells you what you want to do. I mean, let's go back to Adam and Eve. You know they wanted... I wish the Bible had gone more detail after the fall about their relationship. Because you know that was a central focus of most of their arguments after they left the garden. We had the guard. We had it perfect. What did you, why did you do that? If you had, well, if you had been there helping me, I wouldn't, have done, you know, you know, and this, the little, you know, you know, you know, Eve says no to something and Adam goes, oh, now you say no. You know, you know things like, you know, we, it's, <laughs> now you finally got that. Huh? Uh, the flesh takes over. And remember, Satan's whole goal in everything is to be a wedge between people. But, you know, and the closer the relationship, the more he wants to be a wedge in it. I mean, once again, we are creatures in this world. It's a, it's, we're Christians and we have the Holy Spirit, but we're still in a fleshly, sin-fallen world to where our desires are battling what we know we should be doing. I mean, make, what you say is perfectly good sense. Why would you want to do that to cause more tension? 
but we're not thinking of that in the moment. We're just saying, I just want to gig this person. I want to win. I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> yeah, it is. But then why don't we do that then? That, that's our new quote. That's our new, I'm going to get shirts. <laughs> like WWJD, BMLM, be more like Madison. We're going to get t-shirts. No, 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 Madison, I understand what you're saying because in, in the sense of us sitting here in Sunday school talking about it, that makes 100% sense. In the heat of the moment, when you're really irritated at this other person, how can I kick this person? How can I win? I want to, I want to annoy this person. You know, I want to, you know, you know, I know that, Hey, they're sleeping. It's cold. I'll kind of roll over the covers and get the covers more on my side or something like it. it, It's not right behavior. I agree with you, but we, we do have a struggle with it. But once again, Satan comes the connections, depression, uh, walking away from church, uh, a lot of the issues that we've been talking about in shame has to do with disconnection. Satan knows I can put a, put a disconnection between a husband and a wife, between a parent, a child, between friends, between church members. He's, he's putting a lot of depression and negative atmosphere into, a, into the arena by doing this. Our flesh is, we really are. I mean, I, I love Faith more than anybody else in this world, but we also probably, she's the one I have more disagreements with anybody in there because of just contact. We're, we're together all the time. And, and the closer you are to the person, the more likely you're going to annoy. COVID this year brought out a lot of interpersonal relationships with people. You know, suddenly a lot of people who, you know, sometimes jobs are nice for married couples. You get you away for a couple hours from each other. Suddenly a lot of people are working in the same house and you're kind of like, I didn't know you breathed so hard when you sat at a computer. You know, I didn't know you smacked your lips so much when you ate. You know, suddenly, now on a more serious note, you, you have, I don't know if anybody saw the news reports, domestic violence this last year shot up. Suddenly you got all these people. It has a way of bringing out the negative aspects of people's relationships that, uh, you know, you suddenly thrust everybody together. It just, it's just, it's, have you ever been stuck in like a cabin with someone for a couple of days when there's bad, Max Lucado wrote a great story one time that, uh, oh, this is actually really great. I'm glad I remembered. Holy Spirit just gave me this story. I remember I read one of his books one time. He said when he was a young, like teenage boy, uh, he had a friend and his, Max Lucado's dad was going to take them fishing. And they, they had a camper and they were going to go fishing. They were all excited about it. So they get in the camper, they go, they get to wherever they're fishing at. But it's, they wake up that first day to go fishing and it's raining really bad. Now, some fishermen said so, but anyway, apparently they didn't. They said no. Uh, and they said, okay, we're going to be here for several, I think a week or something or five days or something. So that's all right. We'll just stay in the cabin, do some stuff, and we'll go fishing tomorrow. So they played card games and told jokes and things like that. It was, it was great. And so they woke up the next day still fishing i mean still raining okay well let's play cards again and the other third day wake up still 
and suddenly, you know, tell the same jokes. And, and Max Lucado said, suddenly I really began to notice all the negative aspects of my uh, problems that my dad and my friend had about their life. Things that they really need to work on. <laughs> I, I began to notice all these issues and I decided I was going to point these things out to them, you know, and, but, and they had the audacity to say that I had issues myself, you know, they started sniping and biting at each other and, you know, and then the next day still, and they're just, you know, said, they don't smell good. They, you know, it just, it just, it just, all the negative is just, and he actually made a great statement. He said, and this actually goes towards ministry. He says, when fishermen don't fish, they fight. And I'll say it again. When fishermen don't fish, they fight. When churches aren't fishing, they fight. Uh, and so, but in the aspect of relationship, close, uh, close proximity is a great side of finding out what you don't like about other people very quick after about a, a, a little bit of time, you know. So Satan uses that to his advantage because his goal is not to get you to fish but to fight. And it's easy. It's, it's oh, my goodness, just, oh, my goodness, Madison. I mean, just the way she talks just gets on my nerves. You know, just, you know, that little squeaky voice, you know, things like, and have you ever noticed that after spending some time with someone, you know, you, you start getting that. That's why vacations turn into arguments so many times. Suddenly you're in a car with somebody, you know, for hours upon hours. My, my family, we drove from Texas to California one summer. Oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I survived, you know, because... <laughs> Because I was the baby, you know, my brother was seven years old, he could throw me out of the window and stuff, and he took my security pillow and he pretended he threw it out, I was really at a security pillow, and he said, he got tired of me, he just grabbed it, rolled down the window, and he said, I dropped it, and I started crying and stuff, and I was 14. Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, um, but... It, well, and, and there you go, securities too, because other other people, other relationships, and it's so important that we work on that. Now, I mean, Linder said something really great about we need to find out why these are things annoy me, because it is you know because that's why I asked the question when you said I just don't like people tell me what to do, and I go the why question. You said the why, you said the why, the why. Well, why did why does that bother us so much? I don't like to be told what to do. I don't feel like I don't want to be controlled. I don't like someone telling me that I know more about it than they do. Is that a pride? You know, sometimes we have to look in the mirror first. Why does it annoy me so much that, you know, it, so if I do some self uh, therapy on myself about my mother, I mean, that's, I don't like, I, I just, I grew up with a mom who was very controlling. She controlled every aspect of my life. And I mean, I'm not going to get into it right now. It was just really bad. Um, so when my mom says, call early. No, I'm a 54-year-old man. You know, you know, I'm going to, when she says, do not call your brother. All right, bye. Hey, Stan, how's it going? <laughs> you know, it just, you know, because I told her, she said, why are you calling your brother? And I said, because I'm a 54-year-old man. If I want to call my brother, I should be allowed to call my brother. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's my brother, you know, and, and, and it's just, and, you know, and of course the Holy Spirit puts a wife in my life who sits there and so you're allowing this to get to you. <laughs> oh, 
Holy Spirit uses those wives. But I mean, just, you know, it's, you know, you're allowing this to get to you. You know, her, you think, I hate when she speaks truth to me. You know, when she says your reaction against her control actually makes her control you even more. I'm in shame now, you know, because she says, you, you just let your mother ruin your night. That's how much control. It wasn't just the fact she told you what to do and you just didn't do it. You purposely did. I actually prefer calling her early because it gets it out of the way. But I'm not going to do it because she told me to do it. And so faith then goes, I'm really glad she's not here today. And faith goes, so you end up not doing what you want to do anyway just for the sake of not doing what she told you to do. Yeah, she doesn't have any control. Yeah, you got it. You got this, don't you? <laughs> you got this. What? Uh, there's some things I have to call her about. I mean, she's a widow, and I check on her just to make sure she's. Oh no! Well, no, no. It's a very short phone. It's a very short phone call. How everything? I got everything. Everything all right with you? Okay, fine. You know, but and then sometimes I have to help her with certain things. But in terms, I do like calling her early because right. it gets it out of the way. But in the effort of doing not what she asked you to do, you're resetting the boundaries. You're still controlling. Mm -hmm. You know, I control my own life. Faith. I'm not trying to, not trying to get indicated. No, I know, I know, I know. But, but faith is also saying, but it changes my attitude. She's controlling my attitude about it. That's what she says because you want to call her early to get it out of the way, but now you're calling her late at night just to. To gig with her. <laughs> I don't know. I see what you're saying. It is resetting boundaries. But sometimes I think my attitude's bad, though, about it. Well, that's probably the test. Because I grew up in a really negative situation, and I don't, I don't like negative people. So it's not that I am mean to negative people. I just choose not to be around negative people. See, that, see that's my problem. I, I, I tend to be more mean to negative people. Yeah, I don't want to be mean to anybody. People say, like, are you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is this a therapy session? <laughs> it's control. This is your grandmother? Are you my nephew? My dad. <laughs> well, it, I love you, I try to live by Lance's philosophy. My problem is I, I try to avoid negative people in my life that I can avoid. Can't avoid my mother. But, but see, that's, Lance, okay, now this is therapy. This is a therapy session here now for me because here's the, 
this is part of my guilt. This is part of my guilt that I feel. I can have clients like that and it doesn't bother me. I have great compassion for them. I have compassion for them, but don't have compassion for my mother. That's, that's a very good point there. I mean, because Faith asked me the same thing. She says, you can't tell me you don't have clients that are just like your mother. And I go, I do. And it's, it's not even more of just I have control. It just there's a compassion there I have for them, which I don't have for my mother. I just, I, Sandy, who's my, I guess so, because Sandy, who's the other counselor that works, the counselor that works for me, we're, we're very close friends and such, and, and her mother's just like, I know her mom, I know her parents, and like, I want them to adopt me. I mean, her mother is just everything I've ever wanted in a mother, you know, it's just her mom just looks out for me, loves me, I just, I love her mother, and Sandy has a hard time understanding, Sandy thinks I'm this horrible person about the way I speak about my mom and treat my mom, and she goes, oh, Clayton, you know, she goes, what, what about the day your mom, now this is getting really deep and personal, guys, I'm really being vulnerable with you guys, she goes, the day your mom dies, what are you going to, you're going to cry, and I go, And she goes, oh, Clay, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna cry. And I go, no, you're thinking in terms of your mother. I'll cry when your mom dies. <laughs> you know, now I cry when my dad died because they're close to my dad. But here, and so now I, I don't say that out of joy. I actually say that as, out of guilt because there is a disconnection between me and my mother. And it hurts. I, you know, it's there there's a there's a there's a therapy training that we do that we do the ideal parent versus the uh re realistic parent that you got it's a comparison thing that we it's, it's a whole process we do says your realistic parents sit next to you what do they say now here, your ideal parents over here what would the ideal parents say it's a real big therapy issue and i've done it to myself and it's not fun anyway so it's this aspect of this guilt of dis. i mean this is my mom you know, I'm a counselor that I have more, a client can come be exactly like my mom and I have compassion for them. Yeah, I think that's, I think you're, that's right. I think it is, but it is just, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's so weird because then, because it, but it still bothers me. It still bothers me because I'm sit, sitting there going, I have more compassion for people who I only see for an hour a week, maybe, than I do for the person who gave birth to me and raised me. No, I don't. Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> Trick question there. <laughs> like, I like it when my clients go, do you want me to be honest about this? No, I want you to lie. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist. You threw me a softball. <laughs> is, God the over, is God the ultimate overcomer? To, to train us, to build us up? Yeah, well. What Satan means for destruction, God can mean for training. 
which is true. And, and like, why don't you like, okay, like, hey, mom, I'm gonna, uh, I can't, I'm not gonna call you in the morning. I'm gonna call you about eight, nine o'clock, and that's what today's gonna be. And uh, I'll call at you tomorrow about eight or nine o'clock. And phone up, Jerry. And that's what I've done. It's easier said than done, though. <laughs> And, and, and here's the thing, probably my dealings with my mom helped prepare me to be a counselor too. And now it still hurts because there's, there's an aspect of Clayton that's a counselor, but there's also an aspect of Clayton that's a son and a child too. Because I threw you off with my little joke there. So it's my, but I mean, it's, it's, now I don't want this to be just about Clayton's stuff. That's just an example. But I want everybody to know because here's the temptation in all this situation is to completely cut us off from relationships, and that is not God's will. There's no, no lone rangers in the church. No, God does not want you to be a lone ranger. He does not want you to be a hermit. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, not just for church attendance purposes, but for because we need each other. You need things. And unfortunately, sometimes you can't help your family. I mean, it's DNA. You pick your friends. You pick your influences. You pick, the, you pick the people who invest in you, and they're going to e either invest positivity or neck. Now, when I say positivity, I mean realistic positive. I'm not fake positive. Like, oh, yeah, you can do anything you set your mind. No, I'm not going to be in the NBA. Don't sit there and say to me, I can. I love basketball. I can play. I'm, I'm, I'm good for a church basketball team, but I am not going to make the NBA. I don't need anybody telling me, you, whatever you set your mind to, you can do it. No, you can't. Not you can't do anything you set your mind to. Some things you just can't do it because lack of talent. You know, I mean, just really, you can't do it. I'd love to be a fireman, but I'm scared of heights. That'll yeah, probably get in the way. <laughs> you know, just you know, realistic positivity. They'll either invest that in you, or they'll invest negativity. If you got to be around the person, say like a relative you limit that exposure and you put proper boundaries and things like that but this one of the signs of mental health one of the signs of mental health is surrounding yourself purposely with people that you find better than not not a, not a superior but like i want to surround myself around people who are better at me in certain areas so i can learn from them that is the sign of mental health People who purpose, and there are people who do this, surround themselves with people who are inferior in their minds to them. That's a sign of mental unhealth because that's a sign of pride. That's a sign of cockiness. It's a sign of really no compassion or empathy. But every successful businessman said, the key to my business success is I, I hire people smarter than me. I hire people smarter than me. And I, I, I and I deflect the praise to them and give them that, you know, just, it just, every great leader said, I have a great staff, put the best staff around me that I can. If you are surrounding, you said, you know, and, and this works with, you know, Hey, look, I really like the way that, you know, guy does his life. So I want to, I want to get to know him and learn from him. 
you know, or, you know, a, a young couple seeing an older couple in the church and say, man, they got, a, they got, they got the marriage I want to have for mine. I want my wife and I or my spouse and I to hang around them so we can learn from them. That is the sign of mental health. And I think spiritual health in terms of Christianity as well. When you surround yourself by people you, you look up to, and that's not in like, oh, I'm inferior. It's they'll pull you up. Or surrounding yourself, man, I just, not fake positivity. I hate fake positivity. But the realistic positivity, I want to be around people like that. Who say, yeah, this is a tough time, but what can we get out of this to learn or, or make something go? That's what God wants for your life. That's what that's the connection to other people he wants because you're going to um, uh, learn. Uh, I think it was Tennyson, the, write, the English writer, said, "Every man that I meet, I find my superior in every way. Therefore, I learn every day." What Tennyson said: "Every man I meet, I find as a superior to me in every way. That's how I learn every day." I'm probably messed it up a little bit, but okay, yeah, trust me, there is. <laughs> it ain't no problem, man. But no, I mean, but I mean, it's 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 a realistic positivity of you kind of just I'm gonna learn from everybody. I want, what can I learn from this person? God wants that from us because it one it keeps our humility healthy, not unhealthy. There's an unhealthy humility. I got one client that I see every week. I mean, he is into the, he grew up in a church where it was about the unhealthy and human. Oh, we're just horrible. You're just horrible. You're scum. You're scum. Nothing about that in the Bible. When God says humility, it's a realistic humility. Hey, I've got weaknesses, but I give them to Christ. You know, and I'm a child of God. He gives me strengths. He gives me gifts. I, ha I work on the weaknesses I can work on and the weaknesses that I can't, that scared of heights or I'm short or whatever. I live, I learned to accept them. That's healthy. There's nothing healthy about, God, oh, I'm scum. I'm scum that people step on all the time or whatever you said before. That's, the what, that's what the devil wants you to think about yourself. So quit giving in to him. I, I, if, that's, if, you, if we can do that, we don't have a problem with humility then, proper humility. Because you're giving glory to God for it. Finding your place in Him. It's your finding your place in God. God doesn't want me in the NBA. If God wanted me in the NBA, He would have made me taller and He, want, he would have made me better at basketball. Uh, so you're, what I'm hearing you say, Chris is we spend a lot of mental energy on things we can't help anyway. So many people spend so much mental energy on what God doesn't, never intended for them to be. They miss out on where God actually wants them to go. And a lot of our dysfunction that we develop is based on, no one wins the comparison game. There's always going to be someone better than you. And so many times we are given strengths and gifts by God. And we look at someone else's gift and strength that God gave them. And we, we envy that. We covet that. And God said, I have no intention for you. To, this is what I've given. One, it's not showing appreciation for what God gave you. But number two, devil takes that and goes, see, you, you, 
I would love to be able to sing. I would love to be able to sing public. I can sing, but you're talking, I wish I could sing. I mean, just get up there and Michael Buble or whatever. They get all just, you know, just so effortlessly. I could spend a lot of mental energy fretting over the fact that I can't. Or I can concentrate on the gift that God has given me and develop and, and, and do that. The devil wants me to focus on, man, look at that. Man, look how Chris sings in church. Man, he's a great, he just get up there and belt out any song that he can. Man, don't you wish you were more like, I wish I'm, I'm a, I, I stink at all this. This is horrible. That's what the devil wants. Instead of God's like, hey, Clayton, I gave you some talents that you're ignoring here. That's not being a good steward of what God has given us. And the devil wants, once again, and it's amazing how this even works towards Satan's whole intention from the start. It makes me bitter towards Chris because Chris can sing and I can't. And so I start having, you know, I'm jealous of Chris. Disconnection. Holy Spirit doesn't work on your life based on what you're thinking of other people. So Holy Spirit works on your life based on what you're thinking about yourself. Yeah, I just, I still wish I could sing. I wish I could sing. I just can't. I can't carry, I, what's B flat? I don't believe flat. Believe flat sounds like C sharp to me. I mean, I just, what's the difference? Because <laughs> Faith will be at our piano. Faith will go to our piano. And she goes, ding, ding. Can you tell the difference? I went, no. <laughs> And she's like, ding, ding. Can you tell the difference? I go, no. <laughs> you know, she's, and she starts playing the piano. I'm like, okay, dun, 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 you know. And so it's, but we can spend so much effort on that. But what's, again, when we get dissatisfied with ourselves, we get dissatisfied with other people. And ultimately, Satan wants you to hate yourself because it's going to affect every relationship going forward. You just, you cannot, God never told us to hate ourselves. There's nothing in the Bible that supports that. We love who we are in Christ. Christ made me, I am a child of the King, and therefore there's some benefits to that. And I love what God did in my life. Nowhere in the Bible, God, you better hate yourself. You don't hate yourself, man. You don't, oh, I'm scum. You know, you call yourself scum enough, you will start acting like scum. Yeah, you'll, I mean, it'll become a part of who you are. And so in, in this terms of realistically, man, I do have some issues in my life. I have weaknesses I got to work on. But by the grace of the Holy Spirit, I mean, that's humility right there. And, but God's given me strengths and and it's okay to, when you when you say God gave me this talent, you're bragging on God, and that's okay. And you say, God did give, give me a talent, you know, because people, I've had that guy, I told you that's my client, he said, yeah, someone comes up in church and gives me a compliment. What do I say, Clayton? And I go, practice after me. And he goes, all right. And I go, thank you. <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, man, I mean, because he was raised, oh, no, I know, I'm horrible. You're lying. If you're good at something, you're good at something. It's false humility. I said, if someone said, hey, you sang a great song in church today. And I say, practice after me. Thank you. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you. If you want to add, just 
I, I just praise God that he could use me like that. Okay, that's great. You know, but I mean, it's just, it's, thank you. You know, it's, it, it's showing appreciation to God himself, you know, and, and, and so there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And, but once again, it's, it's connect. Now we never didn't get the meaningful values because I still got my, we're going to watch a little bit of radio, the movie, you know, for, but that's with our meaningful values. I had it all ready to go, but we really got onto this other, but you guys start therapizing me and stuff like that. And, yeah, huh? I needed help, man. I really needed help. So, but anyway, Sandy's working on me. She she says I'm gonna make you cry at your mom's funeral. <laughs> and I said make me. But anyway, so anyway, anybody got any questions or comments or anything you want to add to this at all? What? I'd love for her to get married. I'd love for her to get married. Like some guy come and take her and what? It, well, go ahead. That won't cry. It's there's there's a point of it, and the way I explain this, because bitter and I, there will be more relief. My mom's a handful to take care of. I know. Okay, but do I have to cry? I love my mom. I just don't. Here's the way I've always. Uh, 